The reading today is from Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 17, on page 969 of the Bibles on the chairs. Starting at chapter, at verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother Raka is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Should we pray as we come uh, to God's word? Uh, Using the, the words that we've just sung. Heavenly Father, may uh, the word of God dwell richly in our hearts from hour to hour uh, so that all may see we triumph only through your power, only through your power. We pray, Father, that as we uh, read your words, 
uh, we would uh, see Jesus uh, and that you would make him, uh, us more like him. Uh, in his name we pray. Uh, amen. Um, how should uh, a kingdom's citizens uh, live? Uh, what is it that is their foundation, uh, the, the stuff that defines who they are? Uh, Ellie uh, found some interesting rules, didn't she, uh, going around. I wonder uh, what a kingdom uh, with those kind of rules uh, would be like. Uh, and of course, I, I can't go without mentioning that uh, this weekend uh, we've been celebrating uh, the Queen, uh, uh, who has been a, a foundation to, to British life. Uh, regardless uh, of what you think of uh, her, she has been part of what it means to be British uh, for 70 years, hasn't she? Uh, so what a, about Jesus' kingdom? We've been looking uh, at uh, this uh, few chapters of Matthew uh, from chapter 5, uh, this first block of, of teaching that Jesus gives to his disciples that Matthew records. Uh, this uh, Sermon on the, Mount, on the Mount, as it's known, uh, a kind of manifesto, we've said, uh, for the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. And we've already started to see uh, what this kingdom is like uh, and what its members are like. Uh, we've seen that uh, life in the kingdom is worth it. Even uh, uh, its people are, are blessed, happy, even when it looks like they shouldn't be. Uh, and last week, we saw that uh, kingdom people embrace difference, uh, that being in the kingdom changes them, uh, and so they shouldn't fear being different. Uh, and so now those who are reading Matthew uh, might start to wonder, okay, but what does it look like to live in this kingdom? Uh, and in particular, how does life in the kingdom relate uh, to what came before it? How does life in the kingdom relate to what came before? Uh, towards that, we're going to uh, see, uh, look at three different parts. We're going to see that uh, Jesus came to fulfill the law. Uh, we're going to look at some examples of that fulfilled law. Uh, and we're going to look at what it might mean to practice the fulfilled law. So first of all, that Jesus came to fulfill uh, the law. Now, I've been talking about uh, the law. At this point, it might be helpful to think for a moment just how important uh, the law and the prophets, as Jesus calls them, were to the Jews. Uh, so that's uh, the first five books uh, of the Bible, uh, of the Torah, uh, the law, uh, and the prophets that follow them, uh, the Jewish uh, scriptures, the Torah. Uh, the Jews in Jesus' day, they didn't have a king anymore. They were a, a conquered people. They hadn't had a good king in many hundreds of years. And nor did they have a judge or, or a prophet of any kind to, to lead or speak to them. It felt like God had been silent for a long time. So what did they have to define them as a nation? Well, they had their scriptures. They had God's direct commands uh, given to Moses and then expanded uh, through the prophets. And it would have uh, touched every aspect of their lives. Even if uh, the average 
uh, citizen, the, the fisherman uh, or the farmer, uh, didn't know and follow uh, every purification uh, ritual law that we might find in Leviticus, for instance. Uh, the law as a whole uh, affected what they ate, it, it defined their calendar. Every aspect of life at the market, at work, at home, it was defined by the law. And then, of course, there was the whole section of society, the Pharisees, uh, who lived and breathed uh, this law. Uh, and so, uh, as Matthew introduces Jesus to his readers and starts to set him up as a new Moses, uh, escaping out of Egypt, wandering in the desert, and now giving God's word on the mountain, just as Moses did. The question is, how does this new kingdom that Jesus says is coming, is near, how does that relate to what has come before? At some point in the next uh, few years, uh, we will have a new king uh, in Charles. Uh, things will undoubtedly be different. Some people in the country will want things to change drastically. Uh, others will want continuity for things to carry on. Jesus' announcement that the kingdom of heaven is near is a much, much bigger, more important uh, change, uh, a much bigger start of a new era. That's how it would have seemed uh, to the Jews' reading. So how does it relate uh, to the old? Well, Jesus is clear. He has come to fulfill what came below, before. Have a look uh, at verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus is bringing in a new era, but it is not disconnected from the old. In fact, it is a completion of what came before. I think that's the best definition of fulfill that I could find. To complete its intended purpose, to complete its intended person, purpose. Jesus isn't at replacing or, or scrapping or, or redefining the law. He's completing its intended purpose. He isn't changing anything about it. How could he? The law is uh, the unchanging God's unchanging word. Even Jesus can't change it. Now, it may have been forgotten at the time, particularly uh, by the Pharisees, but the law w wasn't given as a list uh, of rules by which Israel could become God's people. If you remember back in Exodus, it, the law is given after the people have already been rescued. Uh, it keeps them from sinning. It, it shows them where they go wrong. Most of all, the law shows the heart of God and points to Christ. So Jesus 
is establishing uh, his new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. He's not changing any of that. He's the, the conclusion that the whole book has been leading up to. He's, he's the answer for everything that is being pointed to. Uh, which is important for how we read uh, the Old Testament. Uh, it means that for us uh, as Christians, uh, the Old Testament is important. Uh, it means we shouldn't dismiss it or change it uh, or di- dilute it. It means that uh, when we read uh, what can often seem like a, a struggle, I guess, uh, the, the law, we should be looking for its intended purpose, uh, guided by how Jesus completes it. We should see how it points to him and how he fulfills it. Okay, so that's what Jesus says he has come to do, to fulfill the law. But what does that actually mean? Well, helpfully, uh, Jesus gives us some examples Uh, some examples of the fulfilled law. You might have spotted uh, the pattern as it was read, Uh, the pattern of three. uh, There's then another three uh, afterwards, which uh, we'll look at next week. Uh, You have heard it said to the people long ago, do not murder. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. You have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that only in the case of unfaithfulness is divorce okay. Do you see at the pattern that Jesus is making? Murder turns into anger. Adultery becomes at lust, and divorce is, is limited. So, is, is the pattern just that Jesus is making things stricter, even harder for us to keep? Well, not quite. Remember, Jesus is uh, using these examples to explain how he fulfills, how he completes the intended purpose of the law. One way of looking at that purpose of the law is that it is there to show us what God is like. Uh, Do you remember the turning point of the Beatitudes that we saw uh, two weeks ago, the the top of the mountain, uh, verse 6 of chapter 5, that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, And Rob said that uh, righteousness in Matthew is, is being like God. Being like God. So what matters to God is first, not firstly what you do or don't do. What matters is that your heart is like God. So these examples, uh, do not murder shows that life is important uh, and violence is bad. Uh, but more than that, for the righteous person, Anger is just as out of place as murder is. If God is love and anger without cause is alien to him, then so should it be for his people.
So do not uh, commit adultery is uh, not about uh, who you sleep with uh, at its heart. That command is about keeping pure thoughts, uh, having in mind God and not lust. And divorce is not just uh, about filling the right paperwork. Uh, It's about a commitment to a relationship that equals God's. Now, I realize some of these issues might uh, raise uh, particular issues for some people. Um, And do talk to to Rob or Caroline if that's the case. I'm not going to go too more deeply into uh, the sensitive topics uh, now. The point that Jesus is making is that fulfilling the law is not about keeping rules, although that is what uh, Jesus did. What matters is righteousness. What matters is having a heart like God's. Uh, which I guess is why uh, Jesus also gives some positive actions uh, to go with the prohibitions. So he says, do not be angry, but be reconciled to your brother. Settle matters quickly with your adversary. Uh, Rather than uh, be vengeful and angry, uh, sort out the problems that you have as quickly as possible. Uh, Do not look at a woman lustfully, but take decisive action to remove temptation. Uh, That's what uh, Jesus means uh, with the the dramatic imagery uh, of gouging out your eye and cutting off your hand. Uh, Clearly, uh, a blind person and a person uh, without a hand uh, can still lust. That is not going to stop you. No, his, his image is to take drastic action uh, to avoid uh, being tempted uh, and to keep your mind on God. And I think uh, the implication of the, the final example of divorce is uh, to take marriage seriously. Uh, God uh, is completely committed in his relationships uh, and so should his people. Righteousness is not just about avoiding sin. It is actively doing good too. Whenever we uh, look at the Ten Commandments uh, and the law, uh, the question always seems to come up, how do I know which ones I should keep uh, now? Well, this is Jesus' answer. He has fulfilled, completed all of it. Now we are to obey him. So the the sacrifices uh, that we're told about in the law, their intended purpose was to show that a blood payment is needed for sin, that innocent blood can make us clean. Jesus was that once-for-all sacrifice, and so we don't need to do any more. We can learn so much from the sacrificial law as it points us to Jesus but it has been completed. Whereas many other types of commands, as with these examples that Jesus gives, they become even deeper as we see that they're not about simple do's and don'ts. They're about righteousness. They're about being like God. 
So I don't think that we should uh, read these examples and ask, uh, do I do everything that Jesus says completely? Am I never angry? Am I never lustful? The better question to ask is, is my heart in line with Jesus's? Is my heart uh, in line uh, with God's and how he wants us uh, to live? And these examples show us that all too often uh, it's not. Uh, Are you uh, intimidated at all yet? Uh, It's a high standard, isn't it? Um, Thirdly, we look at at practicing the fulfilled law. Have a look at, at verse 19. Anyone who breaks the least of one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. It seems a tall order, right? Righteousness that exceeds the Pharisees. They were the ones who knew that every word of the law off by heart, the ones who spent their their entire lives studying it, working out uh, how they could keep it, and coming up with more rules to help them keep it. They were the ones that everyone else knew were righteous. And we are to have righteousness that exceeds theirs. It is an incredible uh, demand to be completely righteous completely like God, because that's what it takes to please him. But also, it's a lot easier than it seems. After all, the Pharisees weren't righteous. Not by Matthew's definition, were they? They might seem it to the world, but they are not the blessed ones, the pure, poor in spirit, the ones hungering be like God. They hungered for rules to be seen to do good, to earn their acceptance. So to surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees is not to have to beat them at their own game. It's to not play their game at all. It is to look to Jesus for the fulfillment of the law and to obey him. You see, just as we uh, saw uh, in the first part of the chapter, Jesus is not giving a prescription of how to get into the kingdom. It's not a checklist for entrance, uh, a list of things that you need to make sure you've done. This is a description of those who are already in the kingdom. It's a description of those who are are poor in spirit, who recognize their need for a saviour, Uh, to look to Jesus as that saviour. Those who have been brought in and are part of the kingdom. And once they are, they will naturally begin to live more in line with the completed law. Uh, Verse 19 doesn't uh, actually say what I thought it did when I first read it. I expected it to say that 
uh, anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will not enter the kingdom of heaven. But it doesn't say that. It says that anyone who breaks or, or relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Keeping rules uh, never qualifies you for the kingdom. And so making mistakes uh, doesn't disqualify you if you are one of the poor in spirit who is blessed and to whom the kingdom belongs. But that doesn't get us off the hook, does it? Uh, Verse 19, uh, whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of God. It may not be that following commands uh, qualifies us for entry. But once we are in, Jesus is our king. And his word is law. It is him that we must obey and help others to obey. So what is absolutely impossible outside of the kingdom and to be, uh, have righteousness exceeding that of the Pharisees. What's impossible outside is imperative inside. So if you're uh, not part of the kingdom, if you're uh, here today ex- exploring what Jesus has to say, um, it's great that you're here. Here are some things to, to think about from this passage. What is it that defines right and wrong? And can I ever exceed at keeping my own standards, let alone God's? What would a kingdom where the foundation is God, where its members are are not bound to, to keep rules, but have his heart, what would that kingdom look like? If you are already a part of that kingdom, This is the the takeaway. Jesus has completed the law so that you don't have to. Because you can't. And so we should practice and teach his commands knowing that he has completed the law. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word. Uh, We thank you uh, for all of your word, uh, for the law and the prophets which uh, point us to Jesus and for the gospels that show us him clearly. We pray that you would help us uh, to trust in Jesus' fulfillment of the law. Uh, and having entered into the kingdom uh, to live righteously uh, as you enable us to. In Jesus' name, amen.